1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, as we are live here uh, with your opportunity to uh, get yourself squared away. We'll talk more to Katie coming up here in a bit. Uh, but right now, it's time to chat with the head coach of the Utah State Aggies. It is Blake Anderson. Uh, Blake, uh, tell you what, it's been an interesting couple weeks for you. You win a championship. You're in the middle of recruiting, getting ready for a bowl game. You're drinking from a fire hose right now, are you not? Yeah, it, it does kind of remind me of uh, the first uh, couple weeks of, of a head coaching gig. It, it's crazy. I told somebody the good the good part about an early bowl game is it's an early bowl game. The bad part about an early bowl game is it's an early bowl game. There's <laughs> there's just it's just crazy. Um, yeah, I haven't really haven't really had a chance to really sit down and 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 I don't know come to grips with wow we won a conference title went right into recruiting huge recruiting weekend this weekend people everywhere and then we're back at practice today so i'll be heading into a team meeting here in about 30 minutes and and then you start watching oregon state on tape and you're like wow what did we just get ourselves into so it's uh it's it's crazy times crazy times well coach i'm excited to see this oregon state team against your utah state aggies uh really the only in-depth experience i have is breaking down film with oregon state and utah and what they did to utah was overly impressive especially offensively when you go and you look at the film maybe past utah cal colorado even that final game against oregon what are you seeing from oregon state are they still that power run team that has a, a dual back system yeah they're they're extremely balanced though they they they're gonna run the ball you're gonna have to stop it but man when you watch the quarterback sit in the pocket with that old line and how he'll just hang in there to the last second does a great job of buying himself time you've got to defend the whole field they they they're kind of don't make any you know bones about it we're gonna run the ball you're gonna have to stop us but then they have the ability to push the ball to anywhere on the field their old line is built really really well i i I know they're up for an award, a national award. Don't exactly know what the name of that award is, but there's a collective award for the O-line, best O-line in college football. And I mean, they're, they're on that list and I get why. So, um, yeah, it, it, it puts your defense, uh, in a position where, you know, where are you going to, where are you going to add the bodies? You're going to load up the box to stop the run and then be vulnerable in the throw game, or are you going to play coverage and now you're short in the run game and they're good at both. You know, it's interesting. You've seen some big, massive offensive line uh, play. These guys are a little bit on the smaller side by offensive line standards. I mean, I'm looking at 294, 297, 292. Uh, are they, they've gone more to a kind of a maybe a smaller, more athletic front uh, front line? Yeah, and it shows up. they got great feet. I think what they do, they, they know what they are and what they're not. They're not a smash-mouth downhill team, but they, they spread you out. They stay balanced. They zone you. And, and, and their backs are good at creating movement and then hitting their foot in the ground and going. So it does look a little different than and kind of what we saw with Wyoming and, and San Diego State and Colorado State. It reminds me a lot more of Washington State and Boise and BYU in that sense. And at times we were really good against those looks. At times we weren't. So, I mean, Saturday's going to come down to are our guys ready to play? Will we turn it up like we did last week against San Diego State? Or are we going to? Are we going to sit and wait for it to come to us? And you know, the energy in the building's good. They're going to have to just decide we want to get it done. And you can see against San Diego State when we do that, and guys play with their hair on fire, we can beat anybody. But you've also seen a couple times this season where we struggled when we really didn't take the fight to them. And so this is um, 
the size matchup is not huge, but they are long and very, very athletic, and it does play into the style of offense that they play. And kind of calls again for Justin Rice, your tackle leader from that Mount West Conference championship game, to, to be on the spot. Just talk about how important it is to have a linebacker like Justin Rice when you're going against a running offense like Oregon State. Yeah, you got. He's got we got to get him free and, and let him play downhill. Uh, if you look through the season, the games that we played really, really well defensively, we were keeping the backers clean, and he was able to make plays at the line of scrimmage. Uh, I think we had eight tackles for a loss against San Diego State the other uh, other day, and it didn't just come from him, but him being in the right spot, identifying what's coming, guys being able to be where they're supposed to be, and, and whether it be Nick coming off the edge or Marcus or Holly making slipping through and getting to a guy or, you know, Justin Rice running sideline to sideline downhill and keeping things at the line of scrimmage. It, it takes all those guys to get it done. And you know as well as I, having a quarterback on offense is one thing, but also having a quarterback on defense. And he is that, that, that presence there in the middle that keeps everybody on the same page. How do you walk the line between an enjoyable, fun celebration of a season and also a business trip? Very delicately. It is It is a challenge for everybody that goes to a bowl game. And, and honestly, you you want them to have a blast. I mean, they've earned their way there. They won a title, 10-3. and three. You're there, and, and you want to take advantage of every opportunity that the bowl presents. So there's a tremendous amount of maturity in this one that, that needs to be in place to, to be able to focus when you need to. When we go to a meeting room, we've got to lock in. We've got practice. We've got to get something out of it and really get the details ironed out. And then when it's time to go, you know, have a good time to, you know, the boat, go Jimmy Kimmel, go to Universal Studios, you know, go do those things. It's okay to laugh and cut up and have a good time because you've earned the opportunity to be there. I, I think bowl games are about who wants to be there, who wants to to enjoy it, who wants to be competitive on game day. You don't always see that. You see teams go to bowl games every year and they've either come off a big disappointment or they're, Really not excited about being there. Uh, I think our kids are, are beyond excited about the opportunity, and I do expect that we'll enjoy it but be ready when the time comes. I was a freshman on that 96 Cotton Bowl team for BYU, and I think everybody had a good time except for the freshmen. On the, cause it, was, <laughs> it was a week of hell, Coach. They, they practiced us hard. Do, do you put the freshmen through a different type of ringer through bowl week? You know, if we had uh, a different schedule, if it was a longer process, we would we would definitely give the young guys some some ex- additional practices. But the time frame that we have and just a quick turnaround, all of our focus is, is towards the game. Uh, we don't have a ton of additional bodies, especially up front on the O-line, so there'd be very little competitive work that we could do anyway. But with a quick turnaround in the game on Saturday, we're – honestly getting almost a normal game week prep and that's it so it, it if you're playing later in in uh in december or maybe on into january it creates those opportunities but championship game recruiting week you know game week prep that's about all you have time for I was reading some the other day where there might be some uh some talk of maybe moving signing day the december one back into january um and and I don't know, maybe eliminating instead of doing two, maybe just have one in January. Uh, do you like the, the timing of the December one? Should it be moved back a little bit? It it, it definitely comes at a, a strange time for a lot of us. It is hectic. And when you consider the reward is to be playing in a championship game, 
but you're you're one of you know ten teams or twenty teams across the country that's not able to go out and recruit the week before signing day or a week and a half before Sunday. It, there's some things that just the way our schedule overlaps is is not well well thought out. The game is extended later. Championship games now in every league. Uh, it, it, you would think that we might find a way for these things to fit together a little bit more, um, I don't know, seamlessly. And, and that has not happened yet. And I've heard the same conversations you're you're talking about, but don't know exactly where things are going to head. Sounds like you guys have some great momentum in recruiting, though, Coach. Uh, it's been good. Yeah, I mean, you, you, they all want to know you can win. And raising a trophy, there's no better way to show that you can than going and winning a championship. Um you know, we, we, we've done well. I like where we're at. We're not completely done. Picked up some momentum here this weekend with a, with a, you know, a power five kid that flipped to us. And, uh, that's always good. So we're, we're battling and it will be battling probably honestly all the way through the break and on into the spring semester. But as you know, winning and winning at a big level only helps recruiting. And, and we, we couldn't have, you know, really asked for anything more. If a kid is, committed and is giving you that verbal commitment but he doesn't want to sign in december he want to wait till february do you consider uh how high that commitment really is with him yeah if a kid tells me he's committed but doesn't want to sign i, I would tell you he's he's not ready to get married so um <laughs> you know that that doesn't that would mean he's looking for something else and, and we would kind of take that approach we wouldn't pull the offer but we we would continue to recruit other people because they there's clearly something that's holding them back and haven't had that situation come up. I know it probably does, and, and it may come up with us at some point. But, yeah, our approach would be, you know, committed means you're ready to jump in. That's where you want to be. You know this is where you want to be. It's time to go, and, and let's sign the paperwork. Um, anything other than that, you would have to assume that they're still looking, and, and chances are they're not, not completely committed to, to coming to your, to your uh, university. Sure seems like the recruiting – or, sorry, the transfer portal – has given coaches and universities an advantage in recruiting high school athletes. Uh, it, how many guys now are currently in the portal, and and do you feel like it has given you advantage to to kind of force the hand of a high school player to sign or, or get out? Well, I don't know that we've had to force a guy to sign yet. I, I I don't, and I don't know the number. Although I would say it's well in the thousands are in the portal at this point. There's a lot of people now. The hard part is to understand exactly who went in the portal. Is this a is this a player that a key player that you know can play at this level, or is this a guy way down the list that that, is, that needs to drop down and play somewhere else? That is the challenging part. It just you get a name and a position and a location in the portal, and then you got to do all the investigation to find out if they fit you or don't. And in our case, we don't want to take a full class of portal guys. We want to we want to build with a solid high school class. And we want to sprinkle in a few key players to fill veteran roles that maybe our roster is not caught up to yet. Um, I do think that it is the the number of portal players is obviously having an impact on high school and junior college players. And, and I do think that they're going to have to be very, very conscious of there's a lot more competition for these spots than there were before. And I need to find people that really want me at a place that I feel like I can fit. And that sitting around and waiting on better, those days are are pretty close to being over unless you're an elite player that has all the power anyway. If I'm a normal mid-level player, i got to find places that value me and places that I can fit, and I need to get in and get settled and, and secure a spot. I, I do believe that 
the portal process has is definitely created that environment, and we haven't necessarily had that in the past. Blake Anderson, head coach at Utah State, is the Aggies will square off against Oregon State coming up on Saturday. You'll hear that game right here on the Zone Sports Network. Uh, but, Coach, you know, kind of looking back on on uh, your team this year and, and preparing for recruiting day and, and the transfer portal and all of that, I know these guys will probably kind of uh, go home and, and hit Christmas and, and be done with school until early January. Do you do exit interviews before the bowl game with some of these kids? I mean, do you have some of these conversations about what their future will hold and maybe get a view as to what they want to do and if, if you know what, what their intentions might be at the end of the season? Yeah, we absolutely do. I mean, you, you have to squeeze them in between all the things that are going on. Uh, probably won't get a chance to sit down with every single player, although each position coach will. And, and we're going to have some guys that leave. There's going to be some guys that, that, that leave to, to get more opportunity, play more, uh, maybe transfer down to lower levels, maybe transfer closer to home if they've been here in Utah for a while. That's not that's, you know, that's definitely going to happen. But we try to be as transparent and as honest, and honestly, even brutally honest with every kid. And to, when they ask, Coach, what do you see my future being? What do you see, you know, a year or two down the road? I want them to know that we told them the truth. Uh, we want to challenge them to improve. We want to challenge them to grow. But we also want to be very, very open with them and honest. And, and at times, that, that honest conversation is going to prompt a young man, you know, it is, I do need to look elsewhere, maybe drop down a level or two to create more opportunity. Um, maybe this scheme, this system doesn't necessarily fit my skill set as like I thought it would or, or like it, it uh, fit the old system, so I, I think everybody has to have to kind of do a self-assessment, and we do meet with as many as we can and try to fill in as much information, and, but always tell the coach to be honest with them, tell them the truth, even if they don't like the way the truth sounds. Be very honest so they can make good decisions on their future. Just got an email from Wade over there at Utah State and said Devin Tompkins named AP thirteen. Um, Devin has been an outstanding receiver and a great representative here in the state. I want to know from your point of view, Coach, just in the years you've worked with receivers, what is it that got Devin Tompkins open time and time again and made him one of the country's leading receivers? One of the best work ethics I've ever seen in an athlete, any sport, any position. I mean, literally, tireless worker, so he perfects his craft all the time. Uh, He utilizes his skill set. He doesn't have size. So he utilizes his, his burst, his ability to get in and out of cuts, uh, and his ability to elevate to the ball and play above the rim as good as anybody as I've, I've ever been around. And he has a tremendous football IQ. He understands the game and sees it very, very well. And a lot of what we do in our offense gives our wideouts a tremendous amount of freedom to find open grass, and he is a master at it. And you combine all those things together, work ethic with a skill set, with a great football mind, and it maybe maybe I don't know, maybe one of the biggest things that's hard to even measure. This the dude is an unbelievable competitor. There's not one ball that goes into the air, not one matchup that, that he's faced with that, that he doesn't think he's gonna win. It does not matter what. I think it makes for a great player. Uh he's had an unbelievable season uh and career already. I know there's He's got another year left to play, and I know he is thinking and praying about exactly what to do, whether to stay, whether to go. And uh, those are the things that are going to make him either even more successful a year from now if he comes back or at the next level. 
you know, he'll he'll find a home eventually. His size doesn't make him a no-brainer for everybody. He's gonna somebody's gonna see the value in him that we do, and he's gonna eventually have a career up there. And, and so, uh, I mean, he has set the bar really, really high for what wideouts are supposed to look like around here for years to come. Well, I mean, you've had a collection of receivers that have just been tremendous with him and Bowling and Derek Wright and and uh, McGriff. I mean, you've had a good room there for sure, and they've done some tremendous work. Uh, Coach, I'll talk to you a little bit later on the week. Looking forward to uh, more of these conversations leading up to the bowl game and then uh, and then uh, getting you ready for the offseason. But thanks so much for your time. We can't thank you enough for it. Thanks, guys. Take care. Good luck this weekend. There you go. Head coach of the Utah State Aggies, Blake Anderson.